500 vehicles to sell, 500 ways to save. One month only at Build Penny Toyota during Mega Memorial Month. Now through May 31st. That means mega deals on your favorite Toyota models from Alabama's number one volume Toyota dealer. And don't forget, every new vehicle comes with our 10-year unlimited warranty. Plus, enjoy the rest of our awesome Penny perks. Visit BuildPennyToyota.com during Mega Memorial Month. Number one based on 2018 total new Toyota retail sales in Alabama for Southeast Toyota distributors. Warranty valid through 10th year of ownership on new vehicles only. See dealer for details. Shut up and sit down. writing and um, I tried so hard to stick with the plot that I outlined and that's not going to happen. I was um, coming into the scene where I switched from Rodney's point of view to John's and I (laughs) totally abandoned my whole plot. (laughs) I can't even tell you what it is but I was like I don't even know. Sometimes that happens when you're writing. You mean to do one thing and you do another. And I accept responsibility for this. It's not like, you know, my character's doing it by themselves. It's it's totally my fault. I'm owning it. And it's just because I had this brilliant idea as I was getting ready to write John walking into the temple. I thought, oh, you know what? What if the reason that... Atlantis never talked to John before was because someone took the AI from Atlantis when the ancients left. And then once I asked myself that question, I was like, I had an epiphany. I had a total epiphany. And so uh, this is probably the first part in at least a trilogy of short stories. Because if I want to stay true to my short story concept – I can't actually expand it beyond much more than I have in the rough draft. And so, um, but there's definitely an, another story to tell um, in this. And uh, you'll, you'll realize that once you see the part that I've, I've written today. And I'm almost finished with In fact, I was so into it, I almost canceled my radio show so I could finish it. <clears throat> but um, I'm just saying... I'm just saying, I, I, I came precariously close to that. I actually had no topic picked out for today. In fact, I think I'll probably cancel the radio show for boot camp, for the week of boot camp too, because it's really messed up my writing schedule <laughs> to have to stop. We'll see how it goes and see how far I get um, during boot camp too when we, when we hit the Friday, because it was really irritating. Um. There are commercials on my channel on Blog Talk Radio. That's um, revenue that actually allows me to afford to afford to run the radio show. So you'll see advertisements on the page where my um, radio show is if you're listening to it live or if, you're, or if you're listening to the podcast on Blog Talk itself. And that's just, you know, I turned it on when I first 
started um, using Blog Talk Radio, and I get revenue for all the advertisements that get seen, and that helps me pay for um, the Blog Talk Radio. And yes, there will be audio as well. That's that's something new, and it's just one way that I'm paying that I'm getting money to pay for the radio show because it's about forty bucks a month to to run the radio show. Just FYI. They had mentioned it in the chat room, which is why I brought it up. <clears throat> Anyways, and sometimes there will be commercials like before and after the podcast if you're listening um, to a downloaded podcast, or from the, and, and, and that's the same thing. Uh, it's just uh, blog talk trying to make a little money at my expense, and um, I get a, a cut of that revenue. That's all it is. <clears throat> and I can't actually... Uh, I'm not sure if I can actually turn it off, but even if I wanted to, I don't know. I don't want to cause, because it would be nice if I could make a little bit of money on the show and it could at least pay for itself. That would be good. You know, I don't need to make a profit on it or anything, but if, but if it but if it would pay for itself, that would be nice. <clears throat> Some things should pay for themselves, right? Anyways, um, Rough Trade this week has been really interesting. It's been interesting watching um, these authors move through the process and learn about themselves and figure out what works for them and what doesn't and, and what part of plotting um, either helps or hinders them. Because some people just aren't meant to plot, and they aren't meant to plan um, on paper. And even if they have a plot in their head and an idea in their head, it... Uh, it just works out that way. And uh, for the, uh, we only had uh, two people drop out of boot camp before it started and one who didn't make the first day. Uh, no shame. No shame at all. But uh, it would be great if you were going to do that, if you would email me and let me know. That would save me time. And, you know, I wouldn't be looking for it. And I could mark you off my box and... Because I have a little bit of um, OCD, and um, I don't like to be uh, – that makes me really uncomfortable if, if, if I'm not informed of what I need to be informed of. And the fact of the matter is is that adding someone to the site to work, to be part, to be part of the challenge, there's a little bit of work involved in that. So finding out the day before boot camp is going to start that you're not going to participate, that's kind of a shitty thing to do. And to not even, like, you know, participate at all and all let me know, that, that's pretty shitty as well. I'm, I'm just putting that out there for you. You know, because it doesn't happen by magic. All those things you see with the categories and um, how it's showing up on the side menu, there's actually work involved in that. Yeah, that's not magic. I'm magic, but that's not magic. It took me about six hours to prep Rough Trade for the boot camps for July. Six hours. So don't waste my time. And keep me informed of your progress and your decisions. Emails are great. Here's the thing. Azor says, I need house elves trained to do computer work. Here's the thing. Um, I am such a control freak. I don't think I could allow that. Sometimes I see something in the chat room and it just totally throws me off my game and I don't even know what to do with that. Uh-uh. Here's what happens. Because people have conversations on 
the chat room on my site and on Facebook and in email. And then they come into the chat room, and their friends in there too. And they just start that conversation up from wherever they were before. They just start that conversation in the middle. And no one else knows what the hell they're talking about. I don't know what they're talking about. But it's there, and then I'm, like, really confused. So now, yeah, that's really confusing. Anyways, <laughs> I've been kind of bitchy all day, and it's not necessarily my fault. It actually could be um, PMS. I'm just saying. It's It's hot. It's like fucking 80 degrees here right now, and it's fucking 10 o'clock at night, and it's 80 degrees at 10 at night. It's too hot to water my fucking plants. And it's just, it's uh, miserable here. We had a weird thing happen last night. I was I was up riding, and Cisco was in the house. And... I heard him bark, and if you don't have a husky, I've never been exposed to a husky's. They don't actually bark often, and when they do, it's it's very startling. Now he'll make a lot of noise, you know. He he's very vocal. He's got a very vocal personality, so he talks a bit and makes noises and tattles, and you know he's just yow yow, and he's just on and on and on and on. But when they bark, it's it's very startling. So I am sitting at my, and I have um, noise-canceling headphones. I have, I have some Bose, and um, my husband bought them for me. Anyways, I have some Bose, and I had those on. And if you had Bose headphones on, they really cut the noise a lot. So I'm listening to some music, and I'm doing my writing. And all of a sudden, I hear my husky bark. I'm like, I pull my headphones off, and he is not in my office the way he's supposed to be. So I go downstairs, and he is uh, in front of the front door. And I hear the front door rattling. Like, we have a security um, door. It's metal, you know, security. And it rattled. And... Cisco barked again, and I'm like, well, that's not on. So I went and looked in the bathroom window, but I'm too short, and I couldn't see anything. And then I went in the kitchen and had the same problem, because, again, I'm too short, and I couldn't see anything. So I had to wake my husband up in the middle of the night, because I think somebody was on our front porch rattling the door. I, I don't know, home invasion opportunity? I don't know what they planned, but they didn't actually succeed. It was just very weird, because he doesn't bark. And so when he does bark, it's it's really startling, and then um, kind of um, puts you on... Now, it kind of makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up because he really doesn't bark as a rule. So when he does, it's because he's agitated or he senses a threat or something is, is really irritating him. So that was interesting. Like my husband up at 3 o'clock in the morning because the dog's barking. <laughs> I think that he heard the, do- the door rattling and went down and barked. And that bark alerted me to the issue. I think he heard the door rattling. Maybe somebody trying to get through the door or pick the lock or take it off the hinges or whatever. I don't know. And uh, he heard that. I don't know if there was anybody there. There wasn't anybody there when my husband went outside with the gun. I don't know. 
there was nobody there when we went, when it was investigated. So I don't know. I mean, it, I, guess, I guess it could have been that giant fat chipmunk that <laughs> always harassing my dog, but I but I doubt it. Anyways, it was just bizarre, and um, it is what it is. And it, it could have been you know a squirrel or a chipmunk. I mean, it really could have been that asshole chipmunk on the, on the door. Maybe. Holy shit, Azor. Azor says, my cousin was a victim of home invasion the other night, held her and her boyfriend at gunpoint. See, this is why you don't open the door. But I must confess that I am that white girl that would go investigate the noise. Because I totally did go investigate the noise last night. I know this about myself. I heard the dog bark and some rattling, and I went right down there, looked out the peephole, looked out two different windows. I am that white girl that would get killed in a horror movie. This is established. I went down there and looked bold as shit. It's just, I don't even know. It, it didn't even occur to me, really. It didn't even occur to me that it could have been an issue, that somebody could have actually been in my house. But I think if somebody had actually been in my house, he would have been doing a lot more than bark. But uh, what's really the concerning is that because I have flowers and you're not supposed to water them during the day, I do sometimes go out at night and water my plants. That's annoying. Now I'm like, you know, going to have to have an armed guard sitting on my front porch, my husband, while I'm watering my fucking plants. And that's kind of ridiculous. Azura says, her boyfriend chased them off. Nothing is as scary as a 300-pound naked guy screaming and running at you with a BT. What the hell is a BT? But it doesn't really matter because I agree that anytime you see a naked man running to you, running at you, you're probably going to run because if they're so crazy, they'll run at you naked. You don't have enough of whatever you've got going on to combat that. You just need to go on. You just need to vacate. Oh, BT stands for bat. I'm just saying, if somebody, you know, and also if you ever met me in person and you saw me running, you should run too because I'm obviously being chased by something. <laughs> so <it's> crazy. <laughs> the terrible thing about the podcast is that you don't, if you're not in the chat room when these things happen, you don't get to see these funny things that these people are doing in the chat room. Um, Tamara says, Screaming naked people will freak people out. The pics fought this way historically. This is true. This is true. Because, and it's the truth. When you have somebody coming at you naked, you know they have no shits to give. They literally do not give a fuck. And if they've got a sword <laughs> and they're painted blue and they're butt-ass naked, you need to run in the opposite direction. You need to run from them because they're crazy. And you can't beat crazy. You really can't. You can't reason with crazy. You can't talk to crazy. You can't have a treaty with crazy. You just need to not do it. You know, crazy is crazy, and you need to leave crazy alone. And hide from crazy because crazy often is going to be looking for you, and they're not 
going to stop looking for you. Just saying. Just saying. Just keep it in mind. Just keep it in mind. Um, boot camp this week has been really interesting because we've uh, had a lot of uh, – um, We have a lot of uh, different people and different stories and different AUs and different Johns and Rodneys running around um, the site. And it's really interesting with everybody riding in the same fandom and you're seeing um, the scope of just how big fandom is and how amazing um, the the writer uh, the writers are in fandom. And you're seeing all these these fantastic ideas and some really some original some interesting and original stuff and it's pretty cool i have some callers one is kaz i want to say hi to her real quick okay hold on Hello. hi kaz how's work uh exhausting and i'm frustrated because my phone is not getting any internet right now oh that sucks ah. i know because I was going to at least, because uh, I only get like 2,000 words to go, uh, mm-hmm. I was going to at least do, like, because I got this big thing planned for the last part, and I was like, I'll do 500 words tonight, get all the exposition out of the way, then I can, uh, you know, nail it on the last part. And I can't get on the fucking internet. <laughs> oh, well, you can post it when you get home. All Don't right, worry about it. Don't freak out. Yeah, like last night because my hotspot kept going in and out, and I was like, yeah. "Oh my god, did it, did it even post?" Because it just kept swirling <laughs> on the on the web page. Yeah, I saw I it post. I saw it post. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah. If, yeah, yeah, you, uh, you, can, you can post it tomorrow. Time. All right. Um, thank you so much because I'm like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> but I missed the first beginning of the uh, your show. Um, so uh, I all I heard was I, was, I came in on you can't talk to crazy because crazy is crazy. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you can't. No, I was bitching, and also because um, some weirdo tried to come into my house last night. From I don't know if it's a weirdo, but you know when someone tries to open up your security door at three o'clock in the morning, there's a hundred percent chance they're a weirdo. Oh, so yeah. some weirdo tr- um, aggravated my dog last night and made me get my husband out of the bed in the middle of the night. He appreciated that, not. Yeah. Anyways, so you didn't miss much, just just me bitching and being me. Well, see, that's the reason why I sleep with a knife under my pillow. Um, people <laughs> you see, this is this is the average minion right there. <laughs> oh, well, I, not even we, well, there's that's a gun at the head of my bed, so. That's not even counting the three swords I have in my bedroom. Uh, well, I've done it for years because I'm paranoid and I freak out easy, especially when I'm by myself. By myself. And I, my theory is, because I at the time I had the nickname of Lorena Bobbitt, when my friends and family found out I had this knife under my pillow. Um, I was like, <laughs> yeah, for real, they called me Lorena Bobbitt. Um, and I was like, you know what, laugh all you want, but if some asshole breaks into my house and he's between me and the kitchen where the only other weapons are, he's going to get a fucking surprise. <laughs> stab, stab. Now, I don't blame you. Oh. Um, there's a gun in the head of our bed. I mean, I ain't going to lie. Um, I, the only uh, reason I don't do a gun in the house is because I'm afraid my, yeah, I'm, I'm a good shot, but I'm afraid that if I'm half asleep and I get surprised, I'm going to end up accidentally shooting myself. 
I don't worry about that. I've um I've had a lot of gun training and um uh, and all that and um it's got a safety. And there are three things that normally go into my purse as I'm leaving the house. My gun, my cell phone, and my tablet. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in that yeah, order, so because I don't want my gun to mess up my tablet, and, so it goes on bottom. Those are more essential than um, lipstick and hairspray. <laughs> it's just the way I roll. I've 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 carried a gun since I was um, 22, and um, I have a permit to carry concealed. And yeah. it's usually and here's something interesting: when I get pulled over by a cop, I hand the cop three things: my license to drive a car, my insurance proof, and my license to carry a gun. <laughs> Smart lady. And the question always is, is, ma'am, where is your gun right now? I said, my gun is in my purse, and my purse is in the floorboard. So I always put my purse in the floorboard if I get pulled over by a cop so that there's no, so that he can realize I'm not going to reach for my weapon. You know? Yeah, um, but, yeah, I always tell them that, um, how often do I get pulled over? Um, here's the thing. I haven't gotten a ticket since I was uh, 21 or 22, but I get pulled over all the time, two or three times a year, um, because I am one of those people who who definitely thinks that speed limits are a suggestion, and uh, uh, and and also uh, I know a lot of the cops in the area, so sometimes I get pulled over just because they're being assholes. Yeah. Did yeah, you know is, um, that you were going five miles over the speed limit? Did you know that that was a stop sign and not a yield? <laughs> yeah, that's Are you aware that you, you know, just just stupid shit like that? But I never actually get a ticket. I got yeah, pulled over going 70 in a Oklahoma. school zone and didn't get a ticket. <laughs> well, i tell you one thing. Um, the po- cops in Pocahontas, Arkansas, you know, that's their, um, their main form of entertainment. Um is to pull people over just to fuck with them. It's the anti-Mayberry. I hate that town so fucking much. You've probably seen me rant about this fucking town. It is the most despicable little town I've ever seen. And they their main form of income for the city is the children. They purposely come up with the most bullshit reasons to put kids in the court system so the parents have to shell out money every month. Yeah. And they try to give, they try to give my nephew a ticket for farting in public, for fuck's sake. What? What? Yes. They tr- he his sister got an argument um, in Walmart, and the cops were called. And the yeah, head of my mom was standing there, and he farted, and the cop was started to write him a ticket, um, you know, public disturbance or some crap like that. And my mom was like, "You even try it, and I will sue your ass." You that know, is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But yeah, I mean, yeah, things famously, like, you know, Huh? Oh, famously in my family, my, um, and this is the the best part, is that it was my Aunt Holy Roller. Okay, um, in the 80s, my Aunt Holy Roller was, I, I think she was around 41 at this point, maybe, no, 31? Anyways. Still extremely fit, still working it. She only had one kid, and um, you know, at the time, and she was working it. And um, her husband had, as a anniversary present, had put in a pool because mm-hmm. my aunt Holly Roller liked to swim. 
here's my aunt in her her very modest one-piece bathing suit, and the pool got put in, but the privacy fence people did not show up when they were supposed to show up. So the pool got filled and everything was great, and my aunt lived next to a highway. Can you see where this is going? Yeah. Okay. So my aunt is out there in her... Um, in her in her one piece bathing suit and she's in her pool and she's having a good time. All of a sudden she's got three county cops stand lined up by her pool ladder and they're like, Ma'am, you need to come out of the pool and she gets tickets. She gets like three tickets. One for providing a public distraction because the pool oh didn't God. have a privacy fence. One for public indecency. <laughs> oh my god! And then another for um, there was a traffic accident as a result of her um, pool activity, and she got a ticket for distracting a driver or something like that. Anyway, she got that three tickets so and had to pay a thousand dollars because she didn't have a privacy fence, and drivers on the highway were looking at trying to see her versus actually paying attention to what they were doing. It's because it was actually fault. it was actually illegal at the time to have a privacy to have a pool or to create a situation near a highway where you were distracting other drivers. Oh my god, that's so bullshit. So my aunt Holy Roller got a ticket for public indecency and that is the most amazing thing. It's amazing. Oh, I I actually feel sorry for her. Yeah, it's terrible. But her husband had to pay the tickets, so, you know, that was her rule. Yeah. And uh, anyways, I got some other people on hold, so I'm going to put you back on hold so you can listen, and you have a good night at work. All right. Thank you, honey. Talk to you later. Hello? Hello? Area code 408? Yeah, I had to unmute my phone. Sorry. This is Jilly. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing okay. Good, good. Survived How'd the week. You enjoy- How'd you like that? Uh, I, you know, it was a good learning experience. It's been, it's been very good for me in a lot of respects, I think. Um, it was very uncomfortable for me. Because you, uh, you write big. You write really I big. I dig. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I write big. Obviously, you see that shit. <laughs> it's no joke that I write big. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting writing small. Yeah, I I you know I enjoyed a lot of uh, enjoyed it in a lot of respects, even though I was uncomfortable. And it took me longer to get out fifteen hundred words than it would take me to get out five thousand because I had to be more judicious with it. Um, yeah. So that was uh, that was interesting, and I the careful. Um, there was a post on Facebook about plot blindness this week, and I almost succumbed to that, like putting, writing a big plot hole because I was so focused on sticking to the outline because I had to get every, you know, I couldn't add any extraneous scenes, and I almost, mm-hmm. you know, succumbed to plot blindness. So I, but I mm-hmm. caught that, that you know, right before I posted, went, oh, I better not do that. Let me rewrite this section. So, um, <laughs> well, it's. It's really easy to do. And I think that that was a conversation about somebody else's work where the, the the reader had found a plot hole she could drive a truck through, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's really 
it's really easy to do when you make a plot, whether it's small or, or very large, and to to get so devoted to your plot that you overlook problems that you really can't see until you're actually in the narrative. Because you can have eight plot points, but there is a whole lot of crap between those eight plot points. You know? And if you become a slave to your plot, or if you become a slave to canon, ever, ever what it may be when you're playing in fandom, you can, yeah, you can create plot holes. You can, you can create plot holes you could, you know, park the Enterprise in, obviously, yeah. So, it's interesting. And the Facebook conversations have also really helped in the encouragement that people have been doing in, in the Rough Trade Group and even in Minion Headquarters has been mm-hmm. uh, really beneficial to kind of see everybody kind of going through this process and um, learning from it and enjoying it. So I, I think that it's, you know, um, it's harder than I thought it was going to be, but it's been really rewarding. Well, good. Cool. I, you know, actually, as as, as much as I um, – uh, bang the war drum on on writing short stories i find it very difficult myself <laughs> it is actually you know it's um there there are parts of craft that i have problems with and parts of crafts that i don't um i've i've never had a problem with uh dialogue or characterization but sometimes i stumble um in uh in the middle and sometimes i stumble when it comes to uh moving characters through a story and keeping them true, which I guess could be a characterization issue. And, but I do, I do write big like you, and so it's, it's very difficult to write small, to be minimal, which is why my short story is probably going to be one of three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll get around that. <laughs> I, I, I've cut it off after this, although I did promise somebody an outtake of a scene that I alluded to um, that I would write an outtake. Actually, I already wrote the outtake um, <laughs> because, because I decided that I had to write one POV because I didn't feel like I had enough words to write, give more than one person a voice, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's no way to get this other scene but to go into somebody else's point of view. So, you know, it'll just have to be an outtake. I can't, I can't actually set it in the story. But no, it's definitely getting cut off. This was a, this wasn't a full, full, full blown plot bunny. It was more like a, a gerbil. So it's, it's <laughs> it was a plot gerbil. <laughs> <laughs> it, it had, it, it's very small. <laughs> I, um, I started my story with the same idea. I was going to stick with one POV. And then I realized that I write most of my Stargate from John's point of view. And I was deeply uncomfortable writing from Rodney's point of view for the whole story. I felt like something was missing, like I, like I wasn't getting the, the, the whole picture. So it was kind of uncomfortable, and that's why I flipped the switch. And this is really interesting. When I flipped the switch, I wrote 2,000 words in a half hour. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have labored for every single word in this challenge up until the point where I changed the POV. And when I changed the POV, it was like, like I said, I had an epiphany. It was like, boom. And now I don't even know what to do with myself now, so we'll see. 
<laughs> so, you know, which is why I know that it's, you know, um, it's, it's, it's not going to be uh, what it is, what it is. I think I have Lady Holder on the line. Let's see. Hold on. Lady Holder, is that you? Yes. Yeah. Here's the thing about having a phone book in your phone and in your smartphone and in your house phone. People become a name and not a number, so sometimes it's really difficult. I don't know anybody's phone numbers, not a single one. I barely know my own. I could not call my husband's cell phone without my cell phone. Because I don't actually right. know his phone number, and he's had the same phone for 10 years. Not the same phone, uh, okay. but the same phone number. I know my phone number. That hasn't changed in 10 years. Um, I know my husband's original cell phone number that he got when he moved back to the States. Um, <laughs> fuck if I can remember the one he got when he came to Arizona. So, yeah, this is, hello, the chat room. Yes. You know, it was important, I felt like, that I know a couple of my important numbers. So, you know, for like, it took me about a month of calling my mother every time making myself dial it manually to learn her phone number. But I thought, you know, if I'm ever in an emergency situation and I have to call somebody, I'm going to go, I don't know anybody's phone number. (laughs) Yeah. I've had this experience. Let me tell you a story. I... When I first got Cisco, he was a very rambunctious puppy. He weighed 30 pounds at 10 weeks old. He's a big puppy. I knew he was going to be a big dog. Yeah, right? He was huge. He was huge. He he might have been 12 weeks. Regardless, he was huge, right? So I bring him home, and he is as big as my full-grown Jack Russell. And he's weeks old, you know. And so I mm-hmm. thought I'm gonna ta- I'm gonna start teaching him how to walk on a leash, right? Because well, <laughs> and, and this is my mistake because he looked like he could handle it because he looked like a big puppy. I mean, he looked like he could, you know, like he was old enough to do this. He was not. Now the problem became okay. I got them on their leashes and I'm at the front door and I got tangled up and I dropped my house keys and didn't realize it. Oh, boy. And I pull the security door shut, and it locks automatically. And I oh. look down, and my keys are on the other side of the door. I don't have my cell phone. And uh-huh. I've got two dogs. One is an outrageously active puppy who keeps trying to jerk me off the porch. So I go across the street to my neighbor, one of the old ladies in my posse. And I knock on the door, and I'm like, I walk myself out of the house. She says, oh, honey, you and me call your husband? I said, yeah, we need to call my husband. And she hands me the phone, and I look at it, and I realize I don't know any of it. This was seven years ago. I don't know his work number. I don't know. So what happened was is I ended up and I couldn't find it in the phone books. He works. I can't discuss that where he works, but it's not available. That information isn't available in the phone book readily. Let's put it that way. His, his, yeah. So um, I ended up calling my sister at her job because I found her place of employment. Um, and my sister is laughing her ass off at me, and I said, you need to get on um, the Internet and look up this person and call this person. So she calls 
my husband's co-worker's wife at home. <laughs> because she runs a home business. She runs a home business, and I knew she had her phone number on her website. And my neighbor didn't have the Internet or a computer. Um, I fixed oh, that boy. for her, by the way. I, we fixed that. There's just no need uh-huh. to be unplugged that way. Um, uh-huh. And um, now she spends her whole day doing farm town. It probably was not a good idea. But regardless, it's been done. Is she hooked up to your mother? Or is she your mother? Oh, yeah. Friend, oh, absolutely. So. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. So my sister calls my husband's co-worker's wife on her home business line, and she says, <laughs> you need to call your call your husband at work and tell himself himself that uh, his wife is locked out of the house and he needs to come home and let her in. <laughs> so, after she had a big hee-haw at my expense, she calls her husband, who calls my husband on his work phone, because my husband is actually three buildings away helping somebody with a problem, and he said, dude, your wife's locked out of, her, out of the house, you need to go home. And he's like, what, what? <laughs> So he comes home, and by this point, it's raining. It's raining, and I couldn't and I couldn't take Cisco into my neighbor's house because he kept pulling shit off her stuff. Because you know he's a puppy, right? And he she had doilies everywhere, and he kept chewing oh, on them Jesus. and pulling them off under the floor. And so I had him out on the porch, and. My husband pulls into the driveway, gets out of his car, goes down to the end of my our driveway, points his finger at me, and crooks it. And then stands there, then stands there with his hands on his hips. And I'm like, I'm torn at this point between telling him to kiss my fucking ass and just staying on my neighbor or accepting the crap I'm going to have to accept. So I cross the street. And he lets me in the house. And to this day, seven years later, I have not lived this down. Whenever I call his job, the first question any of them ask are, you're not locked out of the house, are you? <laughs> you? You do realize now I'm going to ask if you've got your keys next time I talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, it was ridiculous. That's, it's, it's slightly saner than trying to break into your own house. I don't know. I've done that plenty of times. Well, I, I, I tried to break into my house after I locked myself out once and wound up in the hospital for it. Um, oh, you win! You no, I, I, win. I, I thought I thought I could I could jimmy the lock on the on the patio door. So, but my my balcony is a half a flight up. So I oh, thought no. you know with some clever with some clever use of planters and stuff, I managed oh, to scale no. the ba- balcony railing and I couldn't jimmy the lock. Well, now I'm stuck on the balcony, right? And let me tell you, coming down, <laughs> coming down is a lot harder than going up. Oh, and yes. I fell, well, I fell off the balcony. Sometimes. Yeah, so I fell off the balcony, which was inevitable because I am not graceful, and cracked my head on the concrete. And oh. I get called off to the emergency room, and then, you know, and so they report to the doctor that I am um, that I fell off the balcony. That I fell off my balcony, and um, the doctor's first question was, "I need to know if you've been depressed lately." And I said, I didn't try to kill myself. Oh, no. I I did not try to kill myself from eight feet up. It reminds me of that Stargate story where John kept running into stuff, and the emergency room doctor kept giving him domestic violence pamphlets. Yes, Yes, that one's the best. 
Well, until they could verify that I had somebody to take, the doctor would not believe that I was not trying to commit suicide by jumping off my eight-foot balcony. So I wound up with a security guard posted outside my emergency room door. Oh, my Are God. Are you serious? Oh, yes. my God. And he's just watching me. He does nothing but watch me. Oh, how like creepy. Eight hours I got watched, and I was like, this is really aggravating. And she goes, I need to she'd come in periodically and do mood checks. And I would say, you know what I find depressing is these mood checks. I'm fine. <laughs> I fell oh. off an eight-foot balcony. You know, I would, I would have cussed them out. I'd have been in an institution for a different reason. They would have thought <laughs> I had a psychotic break because I would have cussed them um, straight out. Little, uh, ladies, Willow, our, our own Ninja Willow, has found the story. <laughs> like. If you're in the chat room, oh, it's available in the chat room. And for mm-hmm. the record, it is called Bang by, how do you say her name? Rage Proof Rock? Uh, what do you Rage say? Yeah. That's, that's how I would that's, pronounce it. Yeah, Rage Okay, Proof anyways, it's, it's called Bang, and it's on um, uh-huh. AO3, and it's McKay Shepard, and it's fucking hilarious. But, uh, yeah. So, Jilly, are you finished with yours? Um, I have, I have um, like, 1,200 words to go. I have, like, 800 of that 1,200 written. So mm-hmm. I have just a tiny, a tiny bit more to wrap it up, and then it will be done. And, L.H., where are you? Um, I don't remember. That's a good question. <laughs> um, well, you know, it's the slight problem of I was doing other things today, like work. You know, you're the one who told me to go to bed this morning. Uh, well, you were the one that had to get up at 5 o'clock in the fucking morning, and you were up at 2 or whatever. I was up at, I was up at 12.30, and I had to get up at 4.30. Um, so, see? Offic- yes, I know. That's ridiculous. My official word count is, is 75.94, so basically 7,600. And I've started part six, which may end up being the last part. Just because I I figure I can crank out um, 2,500 words pretty easily. And no, there will not be a sex scene in this. And thanks to the oh-so-lovely goading and, and, you know, um, salting of bunnies, I may end up with a series. Again. I claim all responsibility for that. I do. (laughs) Yes, you you do. Yes, you do. So did you did did it seem like that this week? Um, and I I have to give props to everybody who survived this past week because it seemed like it, things were doomed at the first. It seemed like there was a plague on the minions this week. <laughs> yeah, but everybody has done really well, really well. I mean, just you know, bringing it. Yeah, I mean, we probably fight. I mean, I think we probably produced close to. Um, Close to the thirty to the three hundred and forty thousand words that we were originally. Right, yeah, I think we're actually towards. really close to that. You know what? There's a little, there's a little widget um that you can install to do a site word count. I think I'll put that up and and see where we are. <clears throat> now word count we aren't having to count headers, right? Because if I count my oh, headers, I did it I'm, just because. Oh, no, <laughs> if I count, I count my, headers. my headers, I'm I, I'm screwed. You know, no, that doesn't count. <laughs> yes. That doesn't count. Okay. Yeah. Headers are but it won't matter if they count off. headers on this little um, plug-in thing. It won't, it won't really make that big of a difference. Yes, just but, how wordy uh, are your author's notes? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, 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 
I once wrote a 25,000-word plot for a 25,000-word story. Oh, sweet. I know. I wrote the plot out, and I had all this um, data and um, world building, and then I wrote the story, and um, my agent um, really loved the story, and I said, you want to do something really funny? And she said, what? I said, hold on a minute. So I sent her my plot document. And she says, she says, what is this? I said, just open it. And she opened it, and she went, oh, my God, your plot is as long as your story. <laughs> and she had the biggest hee-haw about it. I was well, reading, now, um, I thought I saw a, a story I was going to read. I was going to read. I, I, I managed to contain myself. The story had, like, it must have had 15 or 20 characters tagged in the story. It had 10, 15 warnings. Um so many tags that took up like, you know, half my page. And um, it was marked complete, word count 1,497. And I thought, doesn't that defy like a law of physics or something? How can you have that <laughs> much in 1,500 words? Um, that's a good question. That's what they write. Okay. I was tempted, I was current, tempted to read it, but it scared me. Our current word count on Rough Trade is 2,000, 200,000, 172,715 words. There's still, there's still two days, basically. Or, yeah. Well, today and, and tomorrow for everybody So even if you off. discount and say 2,000 words of that are my um, posts and people's headers and author notes, mm-hmm. that's still 270,000 words of, 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 of thick. Yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. Killer. That's amazing. Mhm. So that's so that's pretty cool. I wonder if I can do a widget that I can put on the public side because that's a that's a private widget. I want to know what the widget is so I can see if I can plug it into my stuff. Well, no, because it's um you you can't do that because you're not self-hosted. Damn it. You can't install um widgets on um WordPress.com. Well, bother. <laughs> what? I mean, I know I sets like a sailor, which isn't all that difficult considering I was one, but still. Oh, this is really cool. Here's one that counts by user and over the hole. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, no, it's still just the admin panel. The fucker. Anyways. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I learned a lot during Rough Trade this week. Um, mm-hmm. what can, uh, you cut out in the middle for me. So you learned a lot in Rough Trade and what? Oh, I learned that I prefer to write in John's point of view. Okay. I'm kind of fluid. I flip back and forth without much of a problem. The ones I really have a problem are when I start reaching for the secondary characters, which is basically anybody other than John and Rodney. So things get interesting for me then. <laughs> OT is asking, um, you didn't want to challenge yourself by continuing uh, Rodney's POV? Um, the thing is, is uh, 
I got bored, and I knew that once I got bored, that if I didn't switch to POV, I was going to stop writing because I'm not one of those people. Here, here and this is going to sound terribly mercenary, but I've been writing for a long time for pay, and fan fiction I don't get paid for, so I'm not going to torture myself for free. I'm also. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. So once I got bored, I knew I would stop writing on it. So the only way to stop that was to switch to POV. Because I know myself well enough to know that otherwise I would have stalled out and not finished it. There's a reason why I have 150 works in progress. And oh my God, did, I just, did I just admit that? <laughs> yes, you did. And I've been asking for years. Literally years, I started out on email, I started out on IM, and I'm doing it on, I started on a phone, and I'm doing it on radio. Please, can I live in your hard drive? <laughs> There's not room in my hard drive. I actually have three of them, and three of them would not hold the amazingness of you. <laughs> but I still want to live in there. God damn it, they're sick. I haven't read. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It is. Um, so, Yeah. Julie, what did Everybody you learn in rough trade? <laughs> what did I learn? Um, yeah, I learned that. I, well, I learned that I can write short, um, so that was uh, that was good, very good. Because I actually did not think I was going to be able to do that. I thought this was going to be a wash. I would get to ten thousand words and go, "Oops, I failed." Um, <laughs> and did plotting help? Uh, yeah, um, that having a more, um, uh, cause I, I, you know, one of the, of the two rough trade stories I've done before this, one of them was plotted in advance and one of them was not. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely Which the plotting was plotted out of curiosity. journey was plotted and emergence really? was a, was pants. Yeah. Um, but uh, and and it's smoother writing plotting. It's a little easier because uh, there's a little less to keep track of because you can refer back to your outline. Mm-hmm. Um, and all those all those by the seat of the pants decisions have to be kept track of. Otherwise, you know, you lose continuity in the story. Um, but um, so I had but I, but in order to hit 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 this you know the shorter word count because you know I can't just you know, write until I made my point, I had to, you know, I had to have the plot a lot tighter. Uh, So I had to have more plotting done. I had to know exactly which scenes I was going to write and, uh, you know, how many words I could afford to spend on each scene to some degree. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't literally go 200 words to get this across. So, (laughs) so, so, (laughs) so that was, you know, that was, that was a, I think those are good skills for me. Um, to, to pick up to be able to do that, um, I I learned that I can write Stargate to some degree, you know, because this that that's definitely out of my wheelhouse. I haven't written Stargate Atlantis before, so. Um, did and you I enjoyed uh, it. enjoy that? Yeah, I did. I like writing John's point of view. I don't know that I would um, want to write Rodney's point of view. Um, I would think I would find um, um, I would find that overwhelming. He's got such a big brain. Oh, I have a hard time writing um, Rodney as well, and I think it was because uh, he. Um, 
I don't know, because I've written Rodney in the past with no problems, but this time, I just maybe it's because I, I try to force myself to only do that one point of view, and it really, um, I felt all trapped and shit. I don't know. Well, there's also the fact that you're Rodney, I'm sorry, his personality is a little bit bigger than 10,000 words. <laughs> this is true, too. <laughs> this is true. And trying to stuff that man's personality into maybe a hundred words to get the, that initial, you know, introduction of his personality across, just, no, <laughs> I don't see it happening, you know. And so, you know, you've got, for the most part, we're dealing with, he's looking at John, everything he's thinking about is John, everything he's referring back to, even when he's commenting that, you know, he'd like to get a leg up on him, is John. All right. So Rodney is not he's he's being Rodney, but he's not being the big overwhelming jackass that we all know and love. All right. His his whole point of view is wrapped up in John. So yeah. What I learned about uh while doing rough trade is I can write on a on a schedule. <laughs> And that's, that's going to be helpful. I just have to get used to writing on the schedule. So, Is it just the schedule, or is it also having to write to uh, uh, the word count as well? The word count doesn't bother me. Um, what The other stuff that I've written, um, the, the ones that are on my site, those don't really have a set word count. Um and the other, I mean, the the, um, the other rough trades, I've come very close to the word count, so I'm happy with that. But in this case, it was I had to sit down and write every night, and I needed to make sure that I got the ideas that I wanted across. And so um, that was the harder part because free-flowing writing, which is what I normally do, all right, because I am, of the, of the two of us, um, she's the plotter, I'm the pantser. I, find, I was referring back to my stuff um, because I wanted to make sure I actually followed it, them's the rules. And it wasn't so much a constraint as a, okay, well, I did this, I'm going to follow it. I think I prefer a free-flowing um, mix of the two, but this was fun. So now I just have to figure out what I'm going to do next week. <laughs> Julie, are you going to do um, the Harry Potter one? I am. Uh, I am, and uh, it's another plot gerbil, and um, uh, it's something I actually wouldn't read, so that will be interesting that I'm going to write something that I wouldn't actually as a reader want to read. Oh, that's <laughs> really? Yeah, really. I was like, huh, I don't read this pairing, check. I don't write that genre, check. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so so what are you writing? So what are you writing? I am writing um uh the pairing is um Severus Lucius. So okay. uh, it's, it's something I, I don't I don't read. Um and it's a um it's a it's a it could be triggering for some people, but it's somebody. It's a fetus theft impreg type story. So somebody stole their baby. Fetus wow. theft impreg. 
Okay. Yeah. So like I said, this is something I, I don't I don't I don't write impreg, so that'll be different. Uh, it's off screen, but I still don't write it. Um, and I, it's not not a genre or anything that I would I would typically want to read. So the story is basically about them getting their baby back. But um, like I said, it's it's it'll be weird because it's not something that I would read, and I can't imagine in any other circumstance where, and I never have written something that I wouldn't read. That's interesting. I'm not sure I could do that. I don't think I could force myself to do that. I don't know. Well, because well, all of my all of my Harry Potter plot bunnies are epic, and I I couldn't scale any of them down. Um, so, I I was sort of flailing around about like sort of half formed ideas that I'd had or things that I'd kind of been inspired about, and and this idea popped up, and I was like, I could write that in ten thousand words, and we'll see how it goes. It could be it could be like pulling teeth, but um, we'll see what happens. Maybe you'll make it what you want it to be. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll evolve into some um, something that I can. I, I hopefully it'll evolve into something I actually like. <laughs> <laughs> for real, right? I would. I would hate for you to spend the whole part writing something that you hate. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to get to the end of the week and go. You know, wow, I hate this. Please don't read it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Azura, Azura just said the idea is to stretch as a writer. Yeah, I agree. So I'm willing to I'm willing to give it a try. That's a hell of a stretch. <laughs> um, I don't know what I'm going to write. It's it's a case of for me. I came up with the title. I decided I was going to do this, and I went, okay, I'm done. And I haven't looked at it since. I looked at it yesterday and went, fuck, I don't know what I'm going to write. Um, I plotted one. I plotted a story that I'm not going to write. (laughs) (laughs) For for this upcoming one hundred and one hundred and fifty one. Okay. Yeah, for real, right? I plotted (laughs) this whole story. I have it written down in my little notepad, and um, I mean, I plotted the whole thing, and it's just not going to happen. It's not. It's it's not going to happen. I have no idea what I'm going to write. Well, um, so did you decide you didn't like it, or it doesn't inspire you, or it's? I I don't think it's going to be um, small enough. God. Um. Because I plotted for 10K, but I'm like 100% certain I've got about 50K sitting in that plot. So, um, you know, because I don't write small. I'm like, I'll tell you the truth. Most of my short stories on my site for fandom are pantsed. Because if I give myself room to plot, big things happen. We should have like yes. a we should have like a a, a a a a workshop on the art of the plot gerbil, you know, <laughs> how, to, how to how to make it small. Yeah. Well, you know, because you can talk all you want to about word economics and um, keeping your idea small and keeping your POV limited, but and you can do all these exercises to do that. But when you get into the process of writing you have to allow for the fact that you're a creative person and things are going to come out of you that you don't ex- don't expect and when i'm there was somebody on the on the facebook talking about um 
the process and, and watching me write. She's been watching me write based on my outline, <clears throat> which is interesting. And um, and the thing is, is that I learned a long time ago to pack a story into a word count for pay. And I have to say that those aren't always the most fulfilling writing experiences I've ever had. As much as I like the idea of my current Rough Trade project, I'm not really enjoying the execution, which means my rough draft is going to look nothing like my finished product. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be like, what, Zakira? That's not what you wrote. <laughs> Which is also another yeah. good reason for me not to allow copying and pasting on rough trade because that way nobody has evidence <laughs> Too late. of our of our rough draft. <laughs> uh huh. That's a good idea. <laughs> is that what you think happened? That's not what happened. Prove it. <laughs> uh-huh. You got a screenshot? <laughs> yeah, somebody will be smart. I'll be I'll be very relieved when the Harry Potter one segment comes around and be going. Huh, I'm so glad nobody can save this, and I'm so glad no one can get this on Wayback. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I glad that in the advance. site locked down for Wayback. And also, when I did the robot text for Wayback, it erased all of the other copies of my site that it had. So they can't Wayback your other stuff either. And, you know, I appreciate that because, you know, right after Rough Trade ends, there's all of these links that pop up on Thick Finders and other websites to the stuff on, on a way back, uh-huh. and, it, you know, there's, there's a little bit of, like, you know, when the story's finished and published and polished and good, on all of these public references, there's reference to my rough draft, and that kind of is, like, ooh. Annoying. I yeah. It's ugly, so isn't go it? Looking for, go, I hate yeah, go, that. Looking, go looking for the fic, and you find my rough draft, that, you know, that I've put many, you know, I've put a lot of effort into cleaning up these rough drafts and trying to make them better, and so that, that that's the most, you know, visibility that that story has is to way back. Yeah, that was I was so happy when you when you uh when you made that change. Yeah, I um I've got one of mine that it's the the last um rough trade. I haven't even looked at it since then. I should. Um that may be my my weekend, you know, uh project after I finish Hopefully, coming up with some type of a plot bunny for the next uh, the next week. But you know, I don't. I haven't looked at that. I'm not interested in looking at it right this moment. And I'm very happy that nobody else can look at that, even if I'm getting um, or I have gotten nudges to find out what's happening to it. Yeah. So. Oh well. They can wait. <laughs> it's the truth. You know, it, it will come out. It's not going to get, you know, um, deep sixed. I put, I put everything up that I, that, I, um, that I write. It's just in this case, it's not going up immediately. So, yeah. You know, it'll get there eventually. Yeah, the the getting it done. I mean, people. I understand people are very impatient sometimes. Like they, you know. And I, with one of the stories, I didn't mind publishing the rough draft, you know, because uh-huh. it was fairly close to where I wanted it to be anyway. But the other one, I wasn't happy with, um, with it because I actually, um, my the April rough trade challenge. I realized, uh-huh. 
I realized the story was done about 10,000 words after the done. <laughs> so it's finished, and I'm, it's in beta, but the ending is very different from what was on the rough draft. Um, so I wasn't comfortable putting that rough draft up because it's not, um, it's not reflective of where well, that, the story ended. Well, that's making me yeah. all sorts of intrigued because I like that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, well, you know, the thing is, it, 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 it's gonna, there's going to be a sequel. There's a second book. But the book I intended to write, and I, the thing is, with Rough Trade, when I'm trying to get 5,000 words out a day, I, um, I get so focused on getting the next part out that sometimes I don't stop and take a step back and go, how am I going against my plot? And I actually met the plot about 10,000 words before I stopped at the end of that month. Okay. <laughs> and I went, went on and on and on. <laughs> I just kept going, you know, because I apparently just What you call angle. and another thing syndrome. Yes. Yes, and exactly. another thing. Yes. And then another thing. And, and, and I was like, how did I get onto this whole new plot? And I went, oh, I started yes. writing the sequel. Huh, without a <laughs> pause. <laughs> no pause, there, there, the sequel. Yes, there's two things I have to say with that. You know, the, the impatient people, patience is a virtue. All right, quoting the mummy, suck it up, patience is a virtue. Second thing is, um, does anybody, rem- uh, was it, um, this is the song that never ends? I, I've had the, the, the urge with some of the stuff that I've written to just keep nattering. And it is literally me nattering on my, on my word you know, processing program. And it does nothing for me. I mean, it's garbage, but it's, I'm just going. And that's when I start going, you know, delete, 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 because it makes no sense. And thankfully, I haven't done that this time. In this particular instance, what I've typed has actually been what's gone up. I, I'm, I'm very proud of me, including, you know, actually being able to spell this month. So that was, that was a nice thing, because I caught some really interesting spelling errors in April. Flash and burn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, I think that I learned more. Like I said it before, and it's true, I learned more from my failures than I do my successes. Because I do consider this whole Rodney POV thing, and strictly from his point of view, a failure. Um, the only time I think I've ever successfully done it is when I wrote in first person. Which I know put people well, that, off, but he—he he was such a creepy stalker, and it was so gorgeous, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. But then again, I happened to also enjoy the hell out of that one short story where John proceeds to give somebody all sorts of interesting decorations as he kills them. So but here's yeah. the thing about that: I don't think that's out of character. Oh, I know. Uh, there is nothing character. about I Spy that is out of character. It's just uncomfortable because it's in first person. If I'd have written it in third person, nobody would have said that it was creepy. Because it would have just been mm-hmm. Rodney being Rodney. Mm-hmm. Because you know, the, the problem I have with writing first person, because I've done it too, I wrote a rather lengthy story first person, first person present tense, which was which was Ooh. weird. Um the problem is huh. I start inhabiting, I inhabit the mindset of the character a little too much, <laughs> and I start having oh personality boy. changes. <laughs> so it's because it, I'm so in the headset of the character writing first person because it starts to feel like I start internalizing that. You know, I did this or I'm doing this, and you know, it's I'm it's, it's I, probably creepier for me than for the reader. 
I'm wondering how certain actors who play some of the creepiest of the creepy um, can do that. That's that's a thought. You know, um, let's see. I think writing in first person is a very intimate experience. Writing in first person present tense would probably creep me out. It creeped me out. <laughs> it did, especially, especially since the character I was writing first person present tense gets shot in the head at the end. Oh, well then. Isn't that just lovely? <laughs> it really, well, I, was, I was like, I feel like I just killed myself. That was very weird. Like my uh-huh. heart was pounding and it was, it was, I had to like take some, a, a step back from that one um, for several weeks before I was willing to, to do anything with it because, uh, you know, I just, I, it was I just such realized, a, the dissonance was weird. I just realized I actually wrote first person as well. I don't know what tense this is, but I, I did it. It's, what, it's the first challenge pick I did because I was basically sitting inside Sherlock's head. That was interesting. I think that it's, it's probably your natural inclination to write. And, um... In what? Hello. In past tense. Did I lose you? Yeah, you Hello? drifted out. Yeah, I, I had a complete blank there, so. Oh, I don't know. You said you said it's probably you said it's probably natural too, and then you blanked. Oh, right yes, in same. past tense. For me, yes, yeah. I, I think I think writing past tense is much more natural because that I think when you're telling a story, you're telling what happened. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a it's a more comfortable rhythm. Writing present tense is um, it's a challenge. When I wouldn't do again. <laughs> Some things you only need to I, learn once. Yes. This one I didn't, I, I only thing I did with this was I completely freaked out with Strahd. You know, and that was about it. It was very short. You completely freaked out what? Um, it's a, it's one of the challenge fix on different roads. And it was, Basically, me freaking out um, Inspector Lestrade from Sherlock. And uh, since I was writing as Sherlock, it was interesting. Oh, well. Well, I wrote wrote that first-person Sherlock, and people, I think they might have questioned my sanity. I just wondered how how creepy you could be, and then I remember all sorts of other things and realized that's fairly uh, calm for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, no, I got some private feedback on that that um, people were kind of upset with me. I found it. But here's the thing. Honestly, it was about reasonable for canon then. As Sherlock said, the thing is, is Sherlock claims to be a high-functioning sociopath. That's not actually true for the canon of the show. He is not a sociopath. Mm -hmm. And people try to embrace that, and I think it's funny. And I don't think it is. And so I wrote him as a high-functioning sociopath, for real. Mm-hmm. That's how that would work. <clears throat> and people got uncomfortable, and I got a couple emails. Not as many emails as I got advertised at Bind, but it's pretty close. <laughs> people squawked Hello? at you about ties at Bind? Oh, my God. I got so many emails about ties that bind. Um, I got domestic violent, um, vi- um, violence links in my email. Um, 
I had one reader offer me sanctuary in her home if my husband was abusing me. I'm not kidding. <laughs> oh, my God. And I wrote back, do, do you even know me? If my husband hit me, he'd be in a hole in the backyard. What? Buried head down. But, Ass up. If you were, if you were, if you were, if you thought that SM was was um, akin to domestic violence, why would you read it? I know. I don't think they actually did read it. Me. Except there was that was that one lady or man, uh-huh. I'm not really sure, who wrote out a commentary that made it perfectly clear to me that they had read every single word of ties that bind front to start. Um, and their email when I printed it out was 25 pages single spaced. Oh wow. Hmm. Because I printed it out. Um, I print some, email, some emails I print out, and I put them aside in case I get stalked or murdered. <laughs> it's like, honey, you need to keep an eye. So if the cops, if, if I were to disappear, this is, this is an envelope you need to give the cops, because this is all the creepy email I get. And I keep that email from all of my pen names, no matter how I get contacted. Uh, if somebody sends me an email that makes me uncomfortable, I print a copy of it out, including the headers and the IP and all that stuff that goes with it, and I put it in a folder and I keep it in the safe so that, you know, the cops will have somebody to investigate in the event of my disappearance because <laughs> people are crazy. That might sound a little OCD and weird, but, you know, you don't get the emails I get. I mean, I've gotten death threats. Um, I've gotten um, marriage proposals. I already told uh, you I, I fell in love with your brain long ago, and I'd marry it, but, you know, I'd have to share you with my husband and yours. I, I get work. pictures of dicks. I get pictures of dicks. Not so much as Kira, which is, I don't understand, because I would totally anticipate that as Kira. You know, since I run a cock-worshipping cult on Facebook, you would think I would get pictures of dicks. Um, and but I don't unless they're from Azure. You know, Azure sends me pictures of dicks, but I appreciate that. I mean, I get pictures of dicks from my my, my professional pen name. Men send me emails, and they have pictures of their penis. At least I assume it's their penis. A lot of times, it looks like a dick selfie. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just totally cried myself. <laughs> you know. I, do they at least bother to manscape, or is they just, you know, letting not it all Not often, not often, and that's worse. And I used to actually respond, and I'm like, I told one guy, I said, you know, um, I appreciate your ambition, because you send me a picture of you erect. And he said, that is erect. And I went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then you respond, oh, so sorry. <laughs> so oh, you're, you're not a grower. <laughs> Oh, boy. Or a shower, apparently. <laughs> wow, no. It was like a – see, that's the thing I don't get. If I was a man, I – if I had a small dick, I wouldn't show it to anybody. What? What is that? What is that? Men just have their junk hanging out. Be proud. Be small and proud. I don't know. <laughs> I don't oh, know. Honestly, I'm wondering if it goes back to the point where little boys keep tugging on hoping it'll do something, you know? But do you think if they show it to enough people that they'll find they'll, they'll find bigger? the wizard who'll make it grow? I don't know. You That's know? just craziness. Either that or either that or they're hoping it's like a fucking chia pet and you know, do something, you know, add liquid to it and it'll grow. 
That's fucking hilarious. But no, I get pictures of dicks in the mail. I, I do in the email, not my yes. actual physical mail, but you know. Thank goodness for small favors. Yeah, Azura called them tribe tiny dick. She is incredibly correct. In my evil folder, there's a whole bunch of them. I haven't posted them recently. I should. Yeah, yeah I don't want to see talk about dick. We didn't I, talk about dick until you went away. Yes, of course. I, by the way, OT, I'm calling you out. I want your homework assignment. Since you shared it with the boss, I'd like it too, please. Yeah, he needs to post it in uh, Rough Trade. That he really good. does. Yes. <sighs> yeah, it's only fair. It was a very interesting read, I have to say. I have to say it was very interesting. Well, you know, if if, if we're going to do this, we might as well do it right and, and know what we're, we're up against. So. You know, there was that thing, and I told you guys that I was really uncomfortable. Uh, I found it very bizarre. There was this post on Live Journal, and it was talking about uh, uh, slash fiction and how women get it wrong. And it was talking about uh, uh, how we use too much lube and how anal sex always hurts. And that person was an idiot. Yeah, yeah, and um, that uh, only the top enjoys anal sex, and um, that he's never had. Uh, sex with a man where lube was um, involved. I'm thinking to myself, well, no wonder it hurt. (laughs) Oh, my God, dude. Are you serious? No, shit. And that women write the male orgasm wrong, so I asked Original Tempest or any male reader in my, uh, in the the know to send me a, Description of the male orgasm, and I don't think I'm actually getting it all that wrong. You know, many, 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 many moons ago, this was a long time ago, I asked some guy friends of mine to tell me what the most common errors they saw were in what women write to sex, because I was curious. And I was, this is when I was thinking about starting to write um, sex. So they wrote me up, and it turned out very funny. They wrote up the most common errors they see in um, online fiction, and I it just it wound up being so funny. I just laughed my ass off over it. Um, but they did call out that that one of the most common errors they see is uh, excess lube. But uh, excess I, lube. I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't think I don't. You know, there's there there is a point where there's too much lube. I mean, if you can't actually stay connected Seated. you've probably in, involved too much lube in your encounter male or female <laughs> i'm just saying if you're yes, slipping and sliding true. all over the place you might have used too much lube yes <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> just saying yes, sex, just, sex, just saying sex should not be are, are, are we talking about the the um what is it the, the oil wrestling yeah the ones where they basically pour a couple bottles of olive oil in this place and go to town it shouldn't be that, you know, sex shouldn't be that squishy. <laughs> but I'm not sure you can reach a point where 
I guess you could. <laughs> that just brings something really gross to my head. But um, <laughs> the anal anal sex, I think lubrication is required. Oh, because, it's absolutely uh-huh. required. I mean, because I, frequent skin friction alone, you, you can end up with friction burns on your dick. Because that's uh-huh. not making any kind of lubrication for you, ever. You know, this, the friction burns on somebody's dick um, concerned me less than the friction burns on somebody's in somebody's hole. Asshole. That would be. <laughs> yes. You know well, that. Tearing. Oh, I can see that being a very painful experience. You could have. That could um, be very painful. Preparation. I mean, even like you know. You end up in the emergency room over that shit. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh-huh. Well, you know, I, I probably shouldn't admit this, but I have been to a few too many parties where I did see an, a little bit of an excess of lube. And, you know, it's like, dude, if you hadn't used that much gun oil, you'd be able to stay in, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and if I remember correctly, there is a, a lube titled gun oil. It is. It's the best lube on the planet. I kind of prefer boy butter. That one's a that good one. That play. I always have. Oh, Jesus. I'm just saying. So as Amazon says, if, if it sounds like that grapefruit blowjob video, it might be too much. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. If you have not seen that video, oh, my God, oh, no. let me go to YouTube and find it, and I will put a link oh in um, grapefruit. That is the... That is the best. Technique. Oh, Go to YouTube and put in grapefruit technique and... <sighs> I'm not even sure which one you should use. Okay, Pick so the long one. one. Angel teaching her grapefruit technique. Well, I just put one in that was three minutes and 41 seconds. Oh, there's the one. Oh, God, there's the five-minute one. Okay. She's she's wearing a pink shirt, and I have yep. to tell you that the um, you have to put your headphones on. This put your headphones on. You ha- one more time. <laughs> put your headphones on. I am so serious. You don't is want that sound so, coming out of your speakers. Right. Oh, okay. You don't want that sound coming out of your speakers. You really <laughs> do not. I so promise. The week, that, the week that you talked about ties that bind, um, mm-hmm. I forgot that my window was open. <laughs> Through that, and I have to turn the podcast up quite loud because I usually sit across the room. <laughs> my neighbors may never be the same. <laughs> oh my god! Because <laughs> I talked about play piercing and coming from that. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so the, and they actually asked about the next morning, saying, what were you listening to last night? And I was like, pardon me? Because they were gardening right outside, because I'm on the second floor, and their garden is right below my bedroom window. Oh, my God. And so they, they asked me, so what were you listening to last night? I said, the radio. Just <laughs> the radio. What radio channel was that? Um, you know, you probably don't want to know. Uh, no. Yeah, I, I put I put um, two cop or two different versions of that grapefruit video up on chat, and apparently the chat room has hit play and is is 
Yeah, they're having a good time. <laughs> yeah. I have to. I have to. I have to. I take shameless. I take shameless advantage of my guy friends with with the the writing, um, with sex writing, because I will. When I go see them, I will be like, "Would you guys try to get into this position so I can see exactly what it looks like and if it's actually viable?" (laughs) And they're they're (laughs) they're very they're very obliging about being my visual aids. That would be great, but the last time I wrote a really involved sex scene, I was in Denny's, and there was a family of, I think, six with four ch- small children sitting one on one side of me and grandparents on the other. So that just puts a kibosh on asking somebody to be my, my um, life model. Yeah, that, would, um, that, that could get you arrested. <laughs> yes, and, you know, the whole... Thinking sexy thoughts, it kind of got shelved while I had little kids behind me. It's just no. Mm-mm. That that was a good time. I think I mentioned that on on. I think I was on. I was on chat at that point. Yeah, trying to trying to write a sex scene, it just didn't work. That's and hilarious. The, the 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 chat room is commenting that we all need friends like that, like yours, um, who who can. Be our, you know, let's move you here, and if I do this, and yeah, that'll work. Hold still. I mean, well, I reminds me of that to, thing I, on Tumblr I saw where those that guy was directing his friends to, to act out a gay sex scene. It was a Tumblr thing. Friends, friends like that are priceless. I mean, I've even gone, now how long do you think you can thrust in that position before you get tired? <laughs> <laughs> Five, ten minutes. I'm completely shameless about it. Here, here oh. is this tantric sex position. Would you please go try this and come back and, re- and report your results? <laughs> and they probably would. The funniest asked, thing I've, I've ever so did. Many, I've asked so many questions about their prostates that they're just used to anything from me by now. <laughs> the funniest thing I ever did to my husband is I had a book to write, and the her- the uh, female character in the book um, uh, was reading the Karma Sutra, the Kama Sutra, and uh, I don't know why I said Karma, Kama, the Kama Sutra, and uh, she wanted to try that stepping tiger. Well, I, I've never tried that, or the tiger step, and if you look it up on, if, the tiger step is probably how it would, uh, would show up, and um, yeah, the, the tiger step. And so I, I have the the book, and I, I took it to my husband. and I said, "We need to try this." And he went, "Okay." <laughs> and no problem, honey. And but you I need to put the link up to it. Yeah, that's the one that I'm looking at actually, and it um, talks about it and and what you have to do. And it's not just a matter of position, and um, there is um. It's uh, it's difficult to explain. Anyway, um, so we tried that. There's also some research. other tantric. Anything in the name of research you can do. Oh yeah, anything. Yeah, but I don't often use him um, for research that way because it makes him uncomfortable. Because afterwards he was like, "You're not going to write that into your book, right?"
And he said, no, what? you know what, no, I don't want to know. That was great. And then he went downstairs. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, Denial is, is a um, first-line defense. Yeah, you don't want to know, honey. You don't. You don't want to. Know. But actually, you know, I think that would actually be a really good position to use in ties that bind. I would have expected him to enjoy more of that one. Oh yeah, I'm not saying he didn't enjoy it. I'm just saying he wasn't interested in it being immortalized in um, a book, <laughs> put out there for the entire world to see. Uh huh. <laughs> Well, it's not like you're giving him. You're not like you're giving him credit in the uh, in the foreword and saying thanks to my husband for trying all these sex positions ahead of time. <laughs> Next time I will, <laughs> whether it's true or not. Whether it's true or not, and the, you know when you're the the fact is, as a writer, a lot of your experiences end up in your um, your work, whether you mean for them to or not. Your biases. Um, your opinions, your politics, your religion, your sexual experiences—just uh, all of that is going to end up in your in your fix some way or another. Because you can't separate yourself from your writer, from the from the writer, you know. And sometimes I'll see something like there was. There's a line in. Ties that bind, where I basically said that adultery is a federal crime. Mm-hmm. And it was I a throwaway line, and I don't remember even writing it, but that's my bias because I think there is absolutely nothing worse you can do to your partner outside of killing them or beating them, is but cheating on them. Uh, I, I, cheating is such a terrible thing, and that's why I don't write it. I don't write adultery. Um, I just, I'm, I, it, ma- it makes me deeply uncomfortable, and that snuck into ties that bind, and it wasn't my intention to even write that, but it snuck in there because it, it's it's something that I believe fundamentally. And sometimes when you know there there'll be a throwaway line that you don't mean to mean anything more than what it is, or you don't mean to actually put it. Um, in your story, but it ends up there anyway. Like, the writer who's writing the Atlantis Web one, Conversion Complications, on uh-huh. Facebook today she was talking about how she had that throwaway line about weird, smelling weird or bad, and she didn't mean uh-huh. for it to be anything more than it was, but the readers of her story have latched onto it, and now they want to know why weird stinks. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> Which she didn't mean for it to be anything, but now it is. And there's a line in Lantean Legacy that's the same way for me. Um, there's a there's a scene where Vala runs into John, and he you know he talks about how he's pleased to have her on board. Um, that he's that he's sure you know he can have, find some 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 use for a sexy space pirate who likes to steal things. And she says. Is there anything you want me to steal? And he says, as a matter of fact, there is. And I left it at that. And I can't tell you. And the thing is, is I have no idea what John would want her to steal. It was a throwaway line. But now everybody and their brother who's read that story wants to know what John wants Vala to steal. I don't know. We spent three years (laughs) trying to figure out what what you want John to steal. I've offered up all sorts of things. 
And They'll I always work my pot. I know this. All right, but I still offer them up. You never know when one's going to fit. Or stick. Isn't it crazy? Yes. Yes. But see, the thing is, Solus, you know, here's Solus Amazon talking about the the ZPM from the cult. Atlantis can make her own ZPMs. They don't need to steal that one from the cult. Mm-mm. Nope. See? They don't know about the ships the travelers have yet, and they don't know about the ship in the volcano yet, so John yes. couldn't have some kind of psychic... Um, but then the thing is, is I'm de- I'm devoting myself to canon events only, and I don't have to do that. See, I have a little plot blindness myself. Yes. So I don't know what Bottle's going to steal, but it'll be amazing when she steals it. Maybe also... John means for her to go back to Earth and steal his father and brothers. <laughs> you know, I don't think they fit in a, in a nice small handbag. <laughs> Vala could get well, a ship. She don't need a fucking handbag. Does Vala carry a purse? Actually, I don't think so. <laughs> actually, I, what I would expect is to, for Vala to steal a ship and name the thing Versace and, and, you know, go pick up everybody along the way. I brought everybody back in my handbag. See the Versace. Um, <laughs> you know, because she's just the type of girl. <sighs> Oh, and um, uh, speaking of uh, making canon your bitch, I was really impressed with how many people this week uh, just just took over canon like a boss and and gave the canon the finger. Yeah, they did. <laughs> I really enjoyed it too because a lot of times fan fiction writers, especially ones that are um, new to no. a fandom, and there were a lot of people in, you know moving into this challenge who had never really written for Atlantis, um, and. One or two have never actually watched a single episode of Atlanta, <laughs> so that's been interesting uh-huh. too. <laughs> to see them working through that. Yep. So yeah, I had this whole big idea for what I was going to write for um, Harry Potter, but I think the idea is too big, and so I'm having to start over, which is fine because I got a week to do that. And if I can't plot 10K in a week, I've got pr- serious problems. I've got bigger problems than um, Boot Camp 2 <laughs> to work through. Let's see. How many people are signed up for Harry Potter? Um, 40-something? I thought you said 43. Hmm. Hold on. I shall tell you. Yes. Stargate Wiki is indeed uh, a good friend. Oh, I, can I have a wiki story. I was um, oh. looking up Chaya on. Um, I was. I saw. I clicked the link for my Stargate wiki. I did not. Uh-huh. I didn't even notice, and I put Chaya in the box, you know, to search, and it said no. <laughs> no results. Okay. I'm like, fuck you. There are results. I spelled that right, and then I realized I was actually on the Harry Potter wiki. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Which reminds me, this is terribly off topic, but whatever. There's been no topic. Um, okay, so I go to Costco to get gas. I've told Lady Holder this story before. Um, uh-huh. Probably. Yeah. So probably. here I am. I hop my little ass out of the car, and 
I, I I rolled into Costco on fumes, let's put it that way. So I was a little irritated, and it was hot outside, and I get in my car, and I keep trying to put it in the machine, and it keeps telling me no. And I'm like, so I call the little guy over that, you know, monitors the pumps and makes things you don't do anything stupid with their gas, which makes sense because I live in a redneck area, and people do stupid shit with the gas. Okay, so that's his job, and I appreciate that. And I said, I can't get my car to work. He looked at me, and he says, man, you can't use that car here. I said, why the fuck not? And he said, because you're at Costco, and that's a sales card. (laughs) (laughs) No, you hadn't told me that one, but yes, I can fully see that one. And I'm surprised I wasn't on the phone with that one. Oh. So I get my Sam my Costco card out and it and it works okay and um, he laughs at me and he he still every time he sees me he giggles so he remembers and he laughs and it's terrible I actually go out of my way to avoid getting gas at Costco because he giggles at me uh huh I'm just saying but what's worse is our Costco card is black because we're a pro member. And the Sam's card is green. So there's, <laughs> there's, what? There's absolutely no way I should have gotten them confused. It's ridiculous. So I'm terribly uh-huh. embarrassed. So I don't want to go to Costco anymore because he giggles at me. And even if he's not actually giggling at me, I feel like he is. And, you know, yeah. it's embarrassing. I'm actually a little pink face just thinking about it. <laughs> You know, we, we uh, this, that, the color card thing made me think of something. You know how we talked about we talked about a little bit about how OCD manifests in funny little ways. I won't have a card of any kind if there's a duplicate color. So I can only have one red card, one silver card, one gold card. I'm totally with you on that. I have a complete OCD around. The, I have to be able to spot shit in my wallet by color, and it complete. You know, if somebody offers me a credit card that's silver, it's like sorry. Silver credit card is taken. <laughs> Do you have a blue have one? It. <laughs> have a one with a picture on it. Okay, there yeah. are 44 participants for Harry Potter. Okay, I'm off by one. All right. Sweet. Uh-huh. Maybe it's because I the first time I gave, mm, I don't know. But yeah, there are 44, and we haven't had any. Oh, well, there's been a, there's been a bow out. Um, Already? Okay. I just gotta find it. I think I think Chimera just posted in the chat that she is bound. Yeah, that's out. the one I'm talking about. Um, yeah. Technical issues. I can understand that. Willow's got your beat. Uh, Willow apparently tried to pay with her library card. She says it looks nothing like her debit or her credit card. <laughs> Willow, I salute you for your your um, chutzpah. I and I say that I, and I say that library cards should be worth more than credit cards. They're more useful in they, the long run. They give sure. you more joy. There, there's more joy to be found than a library card. I love going to the library. Sometimes I go over there and I write. But the only part I don't like about the library card, the library, is they don't have um, a coffee shop. If my library had a coffee area, you'd never leave. It would be perfect. So there are 43 Harry Potter participants. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, that was that's about what I remember. So that's 430,000 words? Yep. If everybody does their 10K? Yep. That's a lot of words getting dropped into... Um, now, for Stargate, we had... Thirty-two, and we're currently sitting at two hundred seventy-five thousand words. Mm-hmm. We had four posts re- uh, to come up over the course of the show. So yeah. So we're only. Uh, oh, I thought that's not accurate. <laughs> I don't know what that was. That's not accurate. Okay. So we're 54,000 words from um, being complete for this challenge period for everybody doing their 10K. And we have one day left. Or two, because today's not over yet. So, Correct. There we go. There are lots yeah, of different I'm, interesting titles for the Harry Potter. I don't know where some of them are going, and some of them are kind of creepy. The mm-hmm. titles? Yeah. I mean, Just you the, have like a four you have a four word limit on titles, so that <laughs> it's hard to infuse a lot of creepy into four words. You'd be surprised. Some people didn't mind my four word limit. I have to put that in mind for you. Like for instance, this one. In the Harry Potter fandom, the title, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. <sighs> the creepiness that could come from that is overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to reading it. I'm looking forward to reading it. Uh, Temp, that's just not right. Yeah, that's that's just, yeah. Original Tempest wrote in chat, Voldy does Hogwarts. Three words. <laughs> Very creepy. That's a that's a three word horror story right there. Oh my god. But you know, so there's lots of um fun to be had. Mhm. We'll see how it goes. But the, yeah, there are um more participants in Harry Potter than there were in Stargate, and the Stargate participants have been very successful. I'm, I'm really pleased and proud of you guys for how well you did um, during this challenge because writing um, a, short, a, a story in a week is, is no, uh, no small feat. And even, it's, you know, even attempting it is, is outstanding. So, you know, be proud of yourself. That's what I would say. Uh-huh. <coughs> Do it like a Death Eater. I don't even, what? No. (laughs) And then there's There's... OT Marauder's Nudist Camp. Oh, okay. Do it like a Death Eater. I don't even, I mean, I don't even know what, I don't even, um. Yeah. I don't. Well, I don't, I don't think we want to give Minions a creepy title naming um, competition. 
No, no we do not. No, we do not. Yeah. I mean, because the creepiest of all time, I, to me, is the I'll be watching you kind of for four words. That That's <laughs> the height of creepy for me. I'll be watching you. Speaking of, there's a new show coming on TV um, called Stalkers or Stalking or... Um, and I watched a preview for it. Creepy as fuck. Duke comes out of the floor. Literally. Ew. He had a hole in her floor, and he was in her floor, and she was standing there, and he moves the door back and comes up out of her fucking floor. Right. This is why you don't have a crawl space. Ew. This is why we can't have nice things. I won't. I won't be watching that show because it will creep me out too much. But it reminds me of this episode of CSI where this woman, the guy in the killed. attic. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Nick, and oh, he Nick had and all his... those cameras in her house yeah. in their attic, practically. Oh. oh god, that episode freaked me the fuck out. So creepy. So creepy. I almost had to go stay in a hotel the night that episode aired. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> The, the episode that freaked me out the most out of the CSI was the one with the model and her um, her food disorders. Her, her yeah, you know, uh, and she died of it. And the opening scene just completely grossed me out. And it didn't help matters any when Gris was looking at it very calmly, and made his little one-liner, and it just, it, it creeps me out even now. And Okay, you, those those were creepy, yes, but the creepiest yes. one yes, is the lady. The one with the homeless sister. The lady? The lady, what lady? Who used her dog to hunt joggers. <gasps> oh, yeah, because I she remember th- that one. Because she thought that eating their, she drank their yes. blood? Or crush their I organs, she, ate their I thought, liver. I thought she like pureed their organs. She was eating she their organs. She, yeah, she, she had, had a, a um, dis- disorder medicine. and whatever it was. Yeah, she yeah she was eating them. She was using her dog to hunt for victims, and then she was eating them. That yes. was the creepiest CSI. <laughs> yes. Was that Miami? No, no that was uh, Vegas. That was Vegas. Yeah. Okay, and by the way, do you realize that the lady in question was the hard-ass lawyer from the Medal of Honor episode of NCIS with, with Corporal Yost? Beautiful, beautiful lady. She's and I think that's why it's even creepier. She's she's so beautiful and she's eating people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did not draw that connection between the actress. Wow. Well, the, the thing is, is, I looked at her and I went, what? And as soon as it, the episode, you know, and we figured out what was going on, my whole reaction was, oh, God, that's just not right. Because <laughs> I, I, I slipped over and I made, I went, crossover, that's just gross. <laughs> this is how she's not getting caught. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was It was ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. Oh, let's see. Any other commentary or questions or concerns or, you know, 
because I don't think we've got much time left in this this uh, mm, show. We got twelve minutes. We got twelve minutes. I uh, so Jilly is going to write Lucius and Severus. What are you writing, Lady Holder? Um, honestly, it's the the only thing that's been floating through my head uh, has been basically somebody coming up with that idea that I I gave you years ago, which is um, how they came up with the children by ritual thing um, and and what has to go into it, and which is basically why it's a step to the left, because it doesn't matter if you have a woman then. You know, you're producing a child from two healthy adults who gives a fuck what their sex is. Right. And that's the only thing um, that I've come up with. So what pairing are you going to use? Oh, please. The only Harry Potter par- pairing I actually like, which is the Draco-Harry um, Potter uh, pairing. So mm-hmm. it would be sitting there and trying to figure out who would be putting the spell craft together. And at this point, it's probably going to be Draco putting the spell craft together. So... It'd be interesting to see how that happens. You know, cool. I don't really know what I'm going to do with it, but that's about the only idea I have. So, so Kira, I know you, you're working on the plot. Have you already, do you know what pairing you're going to go for? I'm going to do Harry and Hermione because there's going to be a lot of Harry and Draco on the site already. And since I'm comfortable uh-huh. writing Harry and Hermione, I'm just going to write Harry and Hermione. So um, I had this idea. It's going to be an adult one. And I had this idea where um, Harry is cursed and, uh, because he breaks up with Jenny. And, uh, Jenny mm-hmm. and, and, and Hermione left Britain after the war because she was in love with Harry and he was with Jenny and she just couldn't handle it, so she left. And um, she uh, has to come back because Harry's been cursed. And... Um, it's going to be the curse that the legend of Sleeping Beauty, because I watched Maleficent in the theaters twice so far. Uh-huh. And it could be a third time. My princess let me know. She called me last week, and she whispered. She, she took my mom's phone into the bathroom and called me and said, Hey, I have an idea. We should go see Maleficent, just you and me. I said, and I'll take the others with with us. And she goes, no, they won't appreciate it. She's six. They won't appreciate it. I think uh-huh. it should be me and you. I said, and we would and we would get ice cream afterwards. She said, of course. Uh huh. <laughs> so anyway, I watched Maleficent, so I'm kind of really amused with this whole Sleeping Beauty idea. And I thought I'd flip it and make Harry be the one that's sleeping, and only he can only be woken up by someone who loves him without condition. With, Without condition, unconditional love can can be what wakes him up. And um, so in the course of this, they've discovered that basically they've, you know, had several young witches who knew Harry, Luna, and all of them try. And then Ron suggests that they send for Hermione. and um, But they haven't seen Hermione in, like, I don't know, five years. And so and this, this is the idea I had. The thing is, I think the idea is too big for 10K. 
I think just explaining the part that far to the point where actually Hermione gets the call or the letter saying, hey, you need to come home because Harry's in a coma, would be 10K. <laughs> so by the time I get Hermione in Britain, I'd be at 15,000 words. Yes. The, so that's the not going to work for I, a short story. Not so much. I, I just heard that whole plot, and I just started racking up the chapters um, in my head. So, yeah, um, I'm actually thinking about 75 yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It would take that long. Yeah, um, to yeah. To, Especially to resolve if, the whole thing. Yes, and and you could probably stuff it into that 10k. It'd be a very short treatment, but it would strip out all the lovely, and interesting, and satisfying bashing that would go in with that. Because, you know, I I can see Ginny leaning over, puckering up, giving him a kiss. Nothing happening. And him and her grabbing Harry by the lapels, going, "Why will you not wake up?" And you know, also, also. I would actually personally like it to be like a bitch slap by magic. Like if you know, um, Jenny tries and his magic just lashes out and throws her across the room because I'm not going to miss an opportunity to bash the fuck out of Jenny Weasley, theoretically or figuratively. Yeah, I, you know, that was that was my first thought, Lady Holder, too, is when you said if you'd pared that down to 10K, there'd be no Ginny smackdown, and it would be a crime. <laughs> it yes. would be a crime. It would totally against, be a crime. Against Magic herself. Yes. So I had you know, that and, whole thing plotted out, and my plot, hold on, my plot uh, for that, um, I did it on a legal pad, and it is, mm, oh, uh, 15 pages on a legal pad. That that's my plot for that for that short that's story. That's about three hundred pa- uh, words per page, maybe four. Yeah, uh, and I write I write yeah, mm, so fifteen times four hundred. So my plot six thousand words. So yeah, that's not going to work. So now I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do. Uh huh. But I'll figure something out. All I do know is that I can't pants it. Because if I pants it, I'm I have to go in with a plan. Email? Yeah, you're going to get another 100K email. I have to go in with a plan or it's going to be fucked. But I am going to do um, Harry and Hermione, and I want to do them as an adult because I want to have some serious up-against-the-wall fucking in this short story. Like that one gift, only instead of two guys, it would be you know Harry and Hermione having a good time? Bang. Boom. Absolutely. I'm set for that. Original Tempest says, okay, I have to ask, what does a pantser mean? Okay, in in, in writing, there are two kinds of writers, and there, well, there's three. Um, there's a plotter, there's a pantser, and there's an, an in-between. And yeah. pantsers write by the seat of their pants. They have no plan. They often don't have a goal or a question um, or character profiles. They just wing the fuck out of it. And some people are very good at it, and some are not. Yeah. Do you want to take a um. guess on... Um... <laughs> no, I'm not even going to go there. Because you know, if, if you... I'm just saying that if you picked up a couple of books, like one with an apple on it, you might figure out that she's... A pantser versus a plotter. 
Then there mm-hmm. are those people who do both. They do small plots, and then they pants the uh, the, the details. They do a broad outline, mm-hmm. like they'll do plot points instead of an actual plot, and then they'll pants. And I call that. I did a um, speech on that once where, um, and I called it. I stole your pants. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because I can do both. Um, but uh, yeah, so. But I could not write 10K totally pantsing it because it would not be 10K. It would not be 10K. It would be no. It would be a hundred and how, um, how long is um, Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond right now? Because I plotted that originally when I wrote it, but I totally pants the fuck out of the um, the beta. <laughs> I honestly don't remember how long that is. I think it's in the hundred and fifty hundred. No way to think it's more, but it's it, basically it's humongous. Well, there's like no, 25 um, episodes already, and most of the most of the episodes are over oh, no, 10,000 no, no, no. words, oh, right? Soulmate Bond, that's the one. Sorry, that's one that's one. over 200. That, that that's yeah. over 200. Yeah. Um, actually, I can give you uh, statistics. Yeah, I don't have that one. You know how you can spot a pants story where the writer isn't really in control is when it never ends. And the plot and then, just keep adding up and adding up and adding up and adding up. And you're going, how is she ever going to write her way out of this? Yeah. And then. And then. And then mm-hmm. another thing. And then this happened. <laughs> as long as they don't say, and then a bad thing happened. Because, you know, that's, Dean Koontz owns that, so. <laughs> well, and then rocks fall and everybody dies because that's how. Yes. A tr- a true panzer ends the story. Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond is 300,000 words right now. Okay, the first season of Sentinels of Atlantis is 259,000 words. Ties That Bind is 371,000 words, and it will be over 400K when I finish it. I fully expect the last part of Ties That Bind to be um, 80 to 100K. Okay. So on that note, we have 90 seconds left. I want you guys to have a fantastic weekend for everybody still working on Rough Trade. Um, good luck, and I hope you win. There's nothing to win. Just, I hope you win. <laughs> Winning is satisfaction <Okay>. enough. <laughs> you guys have a good evening, and thanks to Jilly and Lady Holder for joining me and talking about what we talked about. <laughs> yep. You're welcome. Good night, everyone. <laughs> night. Shut up and sit down.
500 vehicles to sell, 500 ways to save. One month only at Build Penny Toyota during Mega Memorial Month, now through May 31st. That means mega deals on your favorite Toyota models from Alabama's number one volume Toyota dealer. And don't forget, every new vehicle comes with our 10-year unlimited warranty. Plus, enjoy the rest of our awesome Penny perks. Visit BuildPennyToyota.com during Mega Memorial Month. Number one based on 2018 total new Toyota retail sales in Alabama for Southeast Toyota distributors. Warranty valid through 10th year of ownership on new vehicles only. See dealer for details.